Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021. We've got a little trade deadline talk for you guys. Uh, Craig Custance recently released his big board uh, for names to watch, and there are a couple Red Wings on there, and maybe a couple players who the Red Wings could be interested in trading for. We're going to bring our friend Joe DiBiase from Lockdown Sabres on the show in segment two to find out what would it take for Eichel. We're going to look over all the players on Custance's board in segment one. And then in segment three, we're going to give you the keys to tonight's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, including you know, a little reverse retro discussion. I feel like we haven't talked about it in, mm. in months, maybe. Uh, so or we might have actually talked about it very recently. It's just very forgettable. So uh, I'm excited about that. In the meantime, I am Detroit sports editor Nolan Bianchi here today. As always, it's longtime Red Wings fan, Ethan Smith. Ethan, what's going on? Not much. Just hanging out, living life. And we also have Detroit Twitter savant and host of the Bentley show, Scotty Bentley. What's going on, man? Good to see you again. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you got two, two in a row there of you nailing the name of the podcast. It's yeah. You know, I, uh, I, the, working the, on the He's mnemonic device on of BS is honestly, it helps. Genuinely it helps. Yeah. I literally, there's, there's somewhere in writing somewhere is, is me saying that that's one of the reasons why I wanted to just name it my last name because of BS that's in writing somewhere. So mm-hmm. I, I, I really appreciate you uh, keeping that in mind. Yeah, I, I would love to uh, help, help get you where you want to go. Uh, <laughs> okay, so Craig Custance released uh, his big board. Three Red Wings have been named to it. We've got Luke Glendening coming in at number 13. No surprise there. Jonathan Bernier coming in at number 15. Maybe a little bit of a surprise there, not necessarily because we haven't been talking about it, but more so because he hasn't really been mentioned on a national stage within these guys. And then we've got Bobby Ryan coming in at number 16. So we've got three like middle of the pack uh, guys on this list of 28. And we'll start with Luke Lendenny. It's nothing that you haven't heard from this show before, but what he says at the end of it is pretty interesting. So uh, about Glendenny, he says he's just about the perfect depth ad for a team hoping to make a long playoff run for a team high on skill, but looking for an edge on their fourth line. Glendenny might be the best option, dot, dot, dot. There's also a belief that Red Wings GM Steve Eisman would consider trading one of his younger forwards like Tyler Bertuzzi and Anthony Mantha in the right deal. Quote, I wouldn't be shocked if Eisman moved one of his top young forwards, said one exec. I think he's listening on a lot of things. Now, fellas, we're going to kind of skip over the Luke Lundeny talk because we've already hashed this out. How do you guys feel about that? Because I kind of at the, at the beginning of the season, one of my bold predictions was Tyler Bertuzzi uh was going to be one of the guys gone at the deadline it was just a bold prediction i had some reasons of why i figured that if somebody goes it might be him but that's looking to be a a little bit more of a reality each day i'm just curious to know your reaction on this and we'll start with you ethan all right noel stradamus we get it no one's good at no one's good at (laughs) and ethan's ethan's really actually wait before we dive into this ethan needs his reckoning (laughs) 
for his Evgeny Sveshnikov slander, because after a three-point weekend and fixing Franz Nielsen, I think you owe Mr. Sveshnikov an apology. Good job, Evgeny. Congratulations. That's no, no apology, by the no way. Apology. That's good yeah. job, but no apology. What do you want yeah. me to say? <laughs> You're sorry? <laughs> for what? For being so mean. Unfounded. I've I've never seen the man play good hockey at the NHL level. I'm sorry. I, I was calling like I said, hey, good for him. I hope he continues it. Claps or nothing like <laughs> not even a clap. There we go. Look at there that. There we go. All right. Uh, well, let's get your then. Let's get your reaction. Uh, also, to, Sam Gagne scored another goal too. So yes, Sam Gagne magic. He you did. were probably so pissed, weren't you? I was. I was fuming. pleasantly surprised. Bullshit. It sounds like <laughs> that was really convincing. That was really convincing. <laughs> we know. Uh, all right. Anyway. Well, let's 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 talk anyway, about Mantha and Bertuzzi. Yeah, Anthony Mantha. Um, you know, good trade value, um, good contract. And, you know, it doesn't actually surprise me. People are saying this team's three years out. Mantha's going to be 28. Some people are saying that 26 is starting to be the prime. And quite frankly, if he's 25 now, it's not really. I think he's 26. The consistency's not there. Is he 26 or 25 now? It doesn't matter. 26. I mean, regardless, the guy is. He's <laughs> yeah. really kind of shown yep, that that consistency enough. is not there. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that he may be looking at what he can get in a return for them. Um, I would say Bertuzzi is a bit more of a surprise for me. One, because I want to disagree with you, Nolan. And two, because I just feel like that he's more of a, a team player or, or a, 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 somebody that's more important to this team, I guess, than yeah. I guess an Anthony Mantha would be. I would actually agree with that. What do you got, Scott? Um, Thank I, you. I think the... <laughs> The biggest thing for me uh, with the Mantha thing, Ethan talked about the timing. Like that's, that's, that's very clearly when you're trying to map out the future of this team. Um, I I think that that's probably one of the, one of the biggest points and one of the biggest reasons why it may kind of make sense to move on from him. Um, Especially if there are some people that, basically I'm saying you have to trade him now if you want to I think this is his value is not going his trade value I don't think is going to skyrocket or get significantly better as he gets even older and not that he's you know ancient but the 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 trade value as far as as getting someone in and other teams viewing him as still somewhat of a of a young not a prospect obviously but a a young kind of has room to grow player that goes away uh very soon so if you want to keep that belief alive I think you kind of have to move him now and I would uh it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me I think uh, I agree I think Burt would surprise me a lot more so I kind of actually want to pile onto that and I think it's an interesting point you make too because not only is it like his uh assumed potential will be figured out real soon I think one thing that the Red Wings have going in their favor right now if they were to listen to calls on Anthony Mantha is uh, the fact that he had a really good year last year before he ended up getting hurt. He looked like he was finally starting to become the Anthony Mantha that everybody thought he was going to be. And right now he's in a situation where, you know, he's 25 games into a pandemic season. He didn't have the best start. And you can reasonably look at that if you're an opposing GM or an executive or whatever and say, uh, 
you know, that's, there are a myriad of things that could go into that. And that's not who he is. I think there are a lot of excuses that could be made for Anthony Mantha right now, which is what I think is keeping that trade value high, which you don't want to do. And here's, and here's the risk, right? Because you could keep him, and he turns out to be the player that everybody thought he was going to be. This was just got off to a little bit of a rough season after a weird year, after missing a lot of time. And uh, everybody looks at it and goes, wow, thank goodness uh, they stuck with it. What a great contract that he's on, uh, yada, yada, yada. Or if you wait just to the end of the year, we could be in a situation where Anthony Mantha's had a horrible 56 games and there's a full season's body of work to kind of support the argument that says, hey, Anthony Mantha isn't the player that you think he is. You're not going to be able to get as much as you want for him in return. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I was I was thinking as well. I mean, like I've said before, he could be struggling with trying to be that dude. And if he can go to a team that's going to give him those teammates that'll let him be open to where he's not taking yeah. a shot on the power play that has no screen in front of it for the 50th right. time this year. Sure. sure. Maybe yeah. he'll score some more goals. That's another thing you could be selling high on. Give me a first round pick for Anthony Manta. <laughs> So, uh, and then on the 31 Thoughts podcast today, somebody actually wrote in uh, asking about the trade value of both Manta and Pertuzzi. Merrick said, if you put uh, if you put Manta on the market, a lot of people would line up. Friedman kind of echoed that, said his contract is super appealing, four years at 5.7 million AAV. He said, quote, I don't think that's necessarily, uh, I don't think you'd be that way with Manta in terms of being concerned about trading for that cap hit and, and term and whatnot. He goes, I think that's the kind of contract that people are going to bet on. It's his first year. He's still pretty young. I don't think people are going to look at him and say that's a terrible risk and we wouldn't take it. Uh, says that there are executives around the league who would like to see more from him, but people will look at Detroit and they'll say, quote, uh, I'll take a chance on a guy like that and how he would handle a different situation too. And I think there is a lot of that maybe to Anthony Mantha in in all seriousness, like kind of thinking it from it, from his perspective, maybe he needs a, a fresh start. And that's not the, that's not the worst thing in the world. It's not an indictment on who he is as a person, but I think it's kind of realistic. Yeah. I, I don't think that's, that's out of the question at all. And and I, I think, I don't think it's completely also just from like the back to the Red Wings perspective. I don't think it's ridiculous to think that not only do would I personally probably rather keep Burt, but I don't think it's ridiculous to think that Mantha might even like get you a better return than Burt. Like, I, I don't oh, know. I think he definitely like, would. So, so as far as, as far as trade value and who we want to keep and who we're looking to dish, I, I think it makes a lot more sense. You'd get more. And I think as a general consensus, the belief is Burt's a better fit with this current team anyways. Um, so between those two, just strictly looking at those two, I think it makes a lot more sense to move Mantha. And like you said, maybe on a personal level, it, it works out for him too, and more power to him. Yep. I echo those thoughts. Uh, last thing before we move into segment two, speak with our friend, Joe DiBiase, uh, the note on Bernier says Bernier's numbers don't really reflect how well he's played for the last year or so on a pretty bad Red Wings team through 10 games. He had a nine eighteen save percentage this season. Uh, then he goes on to say, uh, a return to Colorado might make sense here. And that's a pretty interesting uh, thing to throw out there because you look at this team and you, you go down their roster and you're like, wow, this is a Stanley cup team. This is a Stanley cup team. This is a Stanley cup team until you get to their goaltending position uh, where I think Jonathan Bernie would make an absolutely huge difference. Oh, oh yeah. I'm so about that, dude. I'm oh, so yeah. about that. 
I would love to see him go deep into the playoffs. The dude's playing out of his mind. If he was on, if he was on a, a playoff caliber team, he'd be up for heart trophy, in my opinion. He's unbelievable this year. Heart uh, caliber. I I don't yes. I don't think that's that ridiculous. Honestly, like like with how he while he's played this year, if you put, <laughs> if you put a competent defense, a competent like not like we literally every time the Red Wings play. There is a still shot photo that goes viral of the Red Wings defense every single night we play and, and a goal <laughs> given up. Like if you put it, not even, not even a great defense, a competent defense in front of them. I think he takes huge steps. Nonetheless, a roster like Colorado's. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that, uh, Philip Franco and, or Pavel Franco and Philip Grubauer probably not going to lead you to a, uh, a Stanley cup. No, no offense to those guys, but they I, no. I think that Colorado has to make they some sort of goaltending move if they time. want to be contenders. This the sad thing is about that Bernier move though, is that he's not gonna get you much in return. Goaltending is not a, a it's I, not something that's of value like it used to be. I disagree with that. I think in this year specifically, because there are so many teams who feel like, especially in the Canadian division, and we've kind of waxed about the Canadian division and whether or not they'll be in the market for you know, certain things, including uh, players from American teams. But I think if you just look at that Canadian division, like across the board, we're in a situation where a lot of the best teams, there's, there's a good amount of the best teams in the league. You're saying they're just a goaltender away. Um, and we'll see what that does to the market. You could be right. It could be uh, follow the trend of previous years, but this feels like a, a especially bad year for goaltending on good teams. But uh, I suppose we shall see. All right, we're going to move into segment two, talk to Joe DiBiase. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models out there, it is now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry? Why? Why would you do that? I, can't, I don't have any answers for you, folks. You have computers at home with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. The rockauto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck. Choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you get there, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. They've got an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. is the best fucking power play the Detroit Red Wings have had in four games. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are now joined uh, by Sneaky Joe, Joe DiBiase of the Lockdown Sabres and the Lockdown NHL podcast. Spoiler alert, going to read an ad in about 10 minutes that includes his name in it, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Joe, what's going on, man? How's, how's everything going in Saberland these days? It's Well, it's Saberland specifically, it's not too fun. Uh, the weather's starting to turn in Buffalo, though, so on a day-to-day, I would say, outside of the hockey team, Everyone's in a pretty good mood around. So the reason why we have you on today is because Craig Custance put out his big boards, uh, big board for the trade deadline. 
we were looking at that for some Red Wings players. And then I noticed that Jack Eichel was number two. Now, obviously, outside of that board, uh, his name has been kind of coming up in lots of trade talks lately. More grand picture of the organization type <clears throat> talks. Uh, where are you at with that? Like, give us a primer on, on how things have kind of gotten to where they are. Uh, and I, I guess where you're at with Eichel and the regime and, and kind of just the state of the organization. Well, I think it's interesting, definitely, that he would have Eichel uh, number two on his trade bait list. He would be plugged into the league as a whole more so than I would be. And we've, you've got more and more of these national guys. Elliot Friedman, Darren Dreger has been on uh, WGR in Buffalo in the last week. Just like, hey, don't discount the possibility that Eichel could be traded. Like, it could happen, um, even though he's a player of the magnitude that he is. And we rarely ever see circumstances like we have seen here in Buffalo. So you kind of have to treat it like a unique, unique situation that it is. I do not believe that that would ever be a trade they would make in season. I, I'm not, again, I'm not discounting the possibility he could be moved, but I think that's more of a deadline or I'm sorry, an off season type of move when you're talking about a deal that big, the organization as a whole, it, it's, it's a very strange spot because the GM is in his first year, but the coach is in his second year and everyone's calling for his head and he's not really getting the most out of his offensive players. So at the same time, if you talk about the GM and the job he has ahead, he's got a balancing act between knowing that an Eichel, Eichel hitting the nuclear option could be around the corner at any time. That's really mm -hmm. the big worry. But at the same time, you know, this roster is not going to compete and you just, you have plenty of evidence now that this roster is not going to be getting you anywhere near the playoffs and you have almost everybody coming up on con contracts uh, at the end of the year you've got only six or seven forwards under contract two defensemen and no goaltenders after this year so in, in without the playoff drought and without Michael like maybe being frustrated and asking for out at some point what makes the most sense is all right let's start over you know, like, mm -hmm. let's trade our veteran guys. But if you do that, you might be alienating the guy who's been dealing with all of this for five, six years. If you say, hey, we're going to go into a mini rebuild and it's going to be probably two years before we're even thinking about playoffs again. I mean, you're asking a lot out of a guy to be asked to be like, all right, can you wait until year eight of your career before we even think about the playoffs? <laughs> so I think that's kind of an overall of what's going through Sabre fans' minds right now. All right. Uh, I do agree with you that the, the trade probably won't happen in season. I think there's just a lot too much at stake for what would be every party involved to kind of pull the trigger on something like that in a rushed kind of sense. And not only that, but the Sabres aren't really have any, unless he does go nuclear, like you just said, they don't really have any inclination or need to speed up the process on that. However, uh, I would like to make you a, a couple of trade offers. I and uh, we were talking Let's in the DMs <laughs> today. So I, I figured maybe we could try and negotiate some kind of deal. Does that sound all right? We, we can give it a shot. That's that's for sure. <laughs> all right. I, I, I don't think we're going to, but we're going to try our best anyways. All right. So my, my offer number one, we've got Anthony Mantha, uh, Theodore Niederbach, who was a second round pick by the Red Wings in last year's draft. And then we'll go with a first round pick. Is that enough? That would not be enough for me, and I would imagine it would not be enough uh, for the Sabres as well. I, I think 
Do you want me to make you a specific offer? You want me to give you a framework of what I think the Sabres would be looking for to actually pull, to pull the trigger on a deal like that. I don't know. I feel like it's gotta be an overpay. I, that doesn't have to be right. Yeah. Because if he, if he says I want out and he says, I'm not playing for you until I'm traded, then the Sabres lose all their leverage. But for the time being, I'm taking this as they're just moving him and that's not part of the equation. I think Dylan Larkin has to be a part of any trade. I don't think the Sabres would move him right now or in the off season, unless he asked for a trade. I don't think they would move him without getting a number one center back in return at some level. Is there anything that could maybe change your mind on that? And I, and I would like, if you have something in mind to, you know, offer back, I, I'm all for that in just a second, but I guess I'm curious, like what would the replacement for a first line center have to be? Um, I mean, it would certainly have to be an upgrade over anything they have right now. That's not a high bar because it's behind Eichel at center. It's 36 year old Eric Stahl. It's Dylan Cousins, who's only eight, 19 years old. He's looked really good in his first 14 games. But, I mean, you're not asking a, a 19-year-old kid to take that leap uh, right now. So, I mean, I, I think Larkin fits the bill. Like, mm. I, and I would even – I don't know. Like, what, what does that sound like to you? Because if I start then throwing more picks at you on top of Dylan Larkin, what does that sound like to you? Does if, that sound like crazy talk? If you were to, if we were to have this discussion maybe three, four months ago, I don't think it would be crazy right. talk. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think because of the prestige and the history and the legacy of the captaincy role in Detroit and being that Dylan yeah. Markin was chosen over a, a pretty long period of time uh, and was just named captain of the Red Wings made two days before the season started. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see really any way that he is involved in, in anything. And, and it's not because of his play or anything like that. I just don't see the Red Wings moving their captain that quickly when they've made such a big deal of naming him the captain, even though I think if you have a chance on its face to go Dylan Larkin or some combination of, you know, Dylan Larkin and picks or something like that for Jack Eichel, I think that's a move you at least yeah. entertain and, and consider. That's, I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, but like, I can't even, if, if I'm running the Sabres and I'm considering trading Eichel, who by the way, has five years left on his contract after this year. So, I mean, you don't want to do this. Like we're Mm -hmm. actually seeing what's going on in another sport right now in the NFL, when your franchise player asks to be traded and you just say, no, well, that's happening in Houston right now between the Texans and Deshaun yeah. Watson. And how's right. that going so far? They're just basically in a stare down and it's just, an, it's, it's a bad situation for the organization as a whole, but you could just say to Jack, like, I'm just not trading you. Like you've mm-hmm. got five years left on your deal. I know you want out. I'm sorry. Like we just cannot trade you. Um, I think I would do that before I would move him to anything on Detroit that doesn't involve Dylan Larkin, honestly. And that's fair. And, and I, I think it's just a, poor circumstantial fit because like i said had you if if you know sabers picked up the phone a couple months ago and made that call i think it may be way different story. a different discussion yeah what but the other part of that too that i'll throw in here i'm not i don't know what jack would think of the situation in Detroit, he could easily think of it as an upgrade over Buffalo right now, because if they're starting over and Detroit starting to build up a little bit more um, with their younger players, that might be looking at it more favorably, but 
if I'm Michael and I want out of Buffalo because I'm trying to find winning and I'm trying to find a contender right now, you mm-hmm. could tell me how close you think the Red Wings are, but off, on, on the top, off the top of my head, my instinct would be, well, would Eichel even want to go to Detroit because of that winning element? Uh, all right, Joe, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Where, what do you, what do you got coming up in the lockdown Sabres podcast between further breaking down the uh, Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel one for one. You can follow me. You can follow me on Twitter at sneaky Joe sports. Uh, we're, we're taking a step away from the team for our next episode, just because it's so depressing right now. Dude, uh, episode after episode about how bad it's been. We're going to take a look back. Uh, at the last Sabres team, the last Sabres team to make the playoffs way back in 2011. I could quiz you guys on that team and I'm not sure you would get three or four players. So I'm actually going to quiz my co-host Jordan on that and hope he can get the whole team. Um, so we're going to do that next. And then uh, we'll be recapping the Sabres matchup with the Rangers uh, tomorrow night on our next episode. So that's what's coming up Unlocked on Sabres. All right. Big thanks to Joe DiBiase for joining us today before we head you off into segment three and start talking to you guys about the keys to tonight's uh, game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I got to talk to you guys about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything. You can imagine Bet Online also has you covered for all the news, all the scores, and all the odds. And all the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his tonic and gin. <laughs> Tuesdays on Lockdown NHL, it's all about the East Coast bias as Lockdown Sabres host Joe DiBiase, hey, friend of the program there, and Mike DiStefano of Lockdown Leafs take a look at the biggest stories in the Eastern Conference from Sidney Crosby to Alexander Ovechkin to the defending champion Lightning, the up-and-coming Rangers, and everything in between. Lockdown NHL is a place to be for your Eastern Conference intel every Tuesday. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, gentlemen, uh, taking it into segment three here. Red Wings got a big game tonight uh, against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I say big game facetiously, mostly in some sort of homage to uh, the Jamie and Wojo show, but also because uh, while this is one of those things where you're joking about it being a big game, I think it might actually be a big game because the Red Wings are at kind of an interesting point right now where they've played some decent hockey as of late, they split with Chicago, they split with Nashville, and they have a chance to go into a real gauntlet of a schedule with a win over the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have been absolutely terrible over their last 10 games. They've lost five in a row. Uh, since the last time the Red Wings and Blue Jackets have played, Pierre-Luc Dubois gets, gets traded to Winnipeg uh, for Jack Roslovic and Patrick Laine. Laine has six goals, four assists. And 10 points in 13 games. Roslovic has four goals, nine assists, and 13 points in 16 games. Uh, Miko Koivu has retired. I just mentioned they lost five straight. They're three, six, and 10, or three, six, and two in their last 10, and are just four points ahead of the Detroit Red Wings in the standings. Gentlemen, how are we feeling about tonight's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets? You know, if we're going to go into this without Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin, I'm a little nervous gonna be a long one yeah um, just a little definitely. bit just a little bit <laughs> yeah, nervous. Yeah. 
definitely a uh, uh, we we saw the the repercussions of that on on Sunday, um, and hey, maybe maybe someone on their team didn't run hard enough in sprints and will get benched for the second and third period. We can maybe hope for something like that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, <laughs> that disaster behind the bench there, but um, I, it'll be interesting, you know, a race, a race for, uh, for, for draft position. Yeah. yeah who knows? Maybe uh, Evgeny Sveshnikov will score more points and <laughs> maybe, <laughs> Hey, you're saying that like it's <laughs> it's uh, unex- unexpected when I, I think at, at this point we can at least assume that it's probably a given that he'll get on the score sheet. At least, I mean, at least hopefully he's twice. a point per game player for the rest of the year. Yeah. I, I mean, right now he's, he's blowing that average out of the water, 1.5 points per game actually. Uh, but the Columbus Blue Jackets <laughs> in those last five games that I mentioned, they've only scored nine goals. They've given up 17 in that span, three for 13 on the power play, 10 for 14 on the penalty kill. I think the strength right now, when you look at going into a game against Columbus tonight is just to play that game that you've been trying to play because Columbus has not scored and the Red Wings haven't been scoring a lot either. But I think this is a game where you can go into it feeling confident about maybe picking up a two, one win or something along those lines. Yeah, I think uh, this is definitely a, a, like you said, a, a confidence booster is a good way to put this game. This is definitely one where um, like when you talk about Bernier and, and Nolan, you always say like, this is a guy with a six and three record on a team that you kind of expect to lose every night. This is one of those games you look at and you go, maybe, maybe not tonight. You know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> just maybe, maybe not tonight. So it definitely is. The the biggest thing is just, um, and it's, this isn't like a Columbus specific thing, but just getting any amount of pucks deep in, into their territory is something that the shots have actually been fine recently. Um, I would just, there's a big difference. They, the, the Red Wings are the poster children for shots on net aren't, don't equal good shot opportunities. So yes. I think that's yeah. one of the biggest things to look, look at going into that game. Yeah. Like if I'm Jeff Blaschel, with you know Bert and Larkin out, like I'm immediately looking to Evgeny Sveshnikov and Sam Gagne to quarterback my power play and lead us to victory. You have to start riding the hot hand here, boys. I don't know what else to tell you. Mark Stahl's <laughs> gonna be out there. Is this what Mark you guys Stahl want? And Christian Juice, the most yeah. lethal power play. Hell yeah. uh, this, is, this is what we're doing. Move Phil Fronick down to power play too. Hey, you gotta do it. You gotta do what you gotta uh, do, hey. guys. I don't know. Mark, hey, we're we're trying to get a trade piece for Mark Stahl, all right? We gotta throw him out there. Yeah, yeah seriously, what? up those minutes. <laughs> we're trying to raise that value, bro. <laughs> we're trying to get that value way up there. All right, we gotta put him out there. Play twenty six minutes a night. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, so the thing with this Columbus Blue Jackets team is, uh, I, I think a lot, a lot of the a lot of people, at least myself at the beginning of the year, were looking at this team saying, well, they're a top three team in this division. If they can kind of pick up, you know, keep that energy from last year, you said, oh, wow. Now they get a nice one, two punch out the middle with Dubois and uh, Max Domi. Well, Max Domi hasn't necessarily worked out. He's just had three goals, four assists in 23 games, and he's not even playing at center up the more they've got uh, him out as, as a second line winner, second line winger. Uh, with Kevin Stunland. So, I mean, I'll that, tell you who else uh, is his second line winner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting Svechnikov. Uh, Texier and uh, Roslovic have been good. Uh, but outside of that, they really have not gotten much from that position. 
And I mean, you come into a season thinking you've got Dubois, Max Domi, and Miko Koivu up the middle. Miko Koivu retires on top of Max Domi not working out, Patrick or Pierre Luc Dubois uh, demanding a trade. So they really have just kind of fallen apart. And I don't know if there's a quick and easy get them back on track fix to this. I think the Columbus Blue Jackets might be accompanying us uh, like towards the bottom of the standings this year. Did you guys ever see Max Domi as a center? I thought Arizona forced him into that role and then Montreal forced him into that role because they did had Alexander El- El- Galchenyuk as their center and they realized <laughs> that wasn't going to work. So they had to ship him out and then like, oh, wait, we didn't get a center back. Max, do you want to play center again? And he said, sure. I've always pictured him as a winger. Yeah, Yeah, I don't don't mind that take. I I think, like, they were just kind of hoping that he could put it together at that position. And that was a concern, like, coming in. Like, will he be able to put the pieces together? But I think that was one of the reasons to bring him in uh, because they kind of swapped him for a guy in Josh Anderson who was having a lot of similar problems where it was like, this guy just isn't working here. And they get traded for each other. Josh Anderson has a heck of a start to his season in Montreal. And Max Domi, meanwhile, uh, doesn't really solve any of the problems for them. And even playing on the wing, he hasn't been very good either. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a short, like, midseason fix to any of it. Um, I, especially, like, Lord knows their goalie problems the last couple of years. Uh, or the roller coaster. It's not even all problems. Just the roller coaster emotions they've been through with with their goalie position. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't see, I don't see a mid, a mid season fix. I think this is very much like you said, this is a game that could later down the line determine um, what kind of draft position we're looking at in the lottery. Uh, Red Wings also debuting their reverse retro jerseys tonight. That's the last note I have for the show, but figured we ended on that because I have a take and I guess we will see. We'll, we'll find out if I'm wrong uh, on tomorrow's episode. I will address it. I am of the opinion that we have sat here and trashed these reverse retro jerseys for so long and so hard without ever, ever, ever seeing them on the ice. And I don't think they're going to look good on the ice. I don't think anybody's going to be like, wow, we were wrong about those. But I think because of the fact that we've been putting in, <laughs> we've basically been sharing pictures of these reverse retro jerseys and all sorts of compromising positions and, you know, just kind of using it as a joke. I think by the time it actually gets to the ice and they're in full uniform, I don't think they're going to look that bad. I don't think they're going to be fun. I don't think they're going to be good. <laughs> but I, I don't uh, think they're going to be the worst jersey we've ever seen. Um, I mean – Maybe. I don't know. I feel like it's almost, it doesn't even matter how they look at this point. Like if we're being honest, I think they're just going to get thrown through the rigor no matter what. I, I, I don't see any world where, where people are like, Oh, we're, we're finally, cause we're what we're the last team to wear our reverse retros. I think. Right. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we're the only team that, that got that. Yeah. And that of all the reverse retros that just hasn't worn theirs yet. I'm pretty sure it's like inevitable at this point. I I, I don't know. What do you got yeah, I mean the the Vancouver Sprite can jerseys looked just as bad as it did in the pictures, mm, so I'm I'm sure. willing to bet that. Yeah, but we knew that we got full we got full uniform shots of that. Like we knew kind of that that was going to be a grit, and, and also that was a gradient mess. Like the the Red Wings is sucks because it's boring. Theirs is a mess because it <laughs> literally is just looks like Microsoft Paint. <laughs> uh, where somebody was like, you only have two colors and you're also six years old, design a jersey. Make it work. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so last thing about these reverse retro jerseys, they're only wearing them. I, I don't know how many times they have to wear them, but they're wearing them tonight and they're wearing them on Thursday in back-to-back games. I'm curious to know if that's all they're going to do for the entire season. Uh, honestly, it, it might also be like a, let's see if people really hate them as much as they say they're going to hate them. And then yeah. like, we'll kind of play it for it, play it by ear. Um, I can't imagine that a it's going to go over well or b that they're going to be like a a consistently used alternate after those two games i really can't see a world where they're received again at this point almost just on a principle we have to just just denounce them like there's no way there's no way all right uh ethan went to just go take a phone call i think he's got an important business matter to attend to i guess we'll find out what the deal with that is uh maybe uh, here's a nice little teaser come back to find out what the urgent phone call was that ethan had to take and um yeah hopefully it was nothing terrible and tragic so we'll see you guys back here tomorrow (laughs) be sure to follow us on twitter at lo underscore red ring subscribe it's the only way to make sure that when we post a new episode that it's downloaded right to your phone and ready for you for your morning commute. Uh, then follow Scotty on Twitter at the Bentley show. Ethan is at Ethan Smith. Then I'm at Nolan Bianchi. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Hopefully to recap a Red Wings win over the Columbus blue jackets. It's at same time, same place. It's your team every day. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.